Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and my guest today is Mustena Nazarian, an Alexander Technique teacher in Melbourne, Australia. She works a lot with musicians, and she also works with the general public in her teaching practice. And we're going to talk today uh, about a topic that I guess could best be defined as Alexander Technique teachers' attitudes and how they might get in the way of effective teaching and connection with their students. Amistana, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Robert. Well, thank you. We've we've done quite a few podcasts. Um, I in talking to you before that we started, um, I think our starting point maybe was an earlier conversation, a podcast that I had with a New York teacher, Mark Josephsberg, on this question. And I think that raised some issues in in your mind. Um, do you, do you want to start by perhaps um, um, outlining a typical uh, Alexander Technique teacher's attitudes or maybe even a not-so-typical one that could be getting in the way of their teaching? Um, well, I can only really know about my own attitudes since I don't have a <laughs> any way of knowing, knowing, any way of knowing other people's attitudes in their own practice. Right. Um, uh, although... I think one well, can glean that, however. Sure, sure. But sometimes. I mean, right here and right now, I think one thing that comes to my own mind is that um, when I'm presented with a, a challenge, a situation, um, teaching itself being that, uh, I used to think that I had to work really hard mm-hmm. to get to get to to see some change. Boom! You know, I had to see the change, or I shouldn't be paid. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, and that I've 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 learned to I learned to go into that space much less, and it's been a lot more rewarding to um, not seek the 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 not seek even even in my hands it's like oh did i notice a change was i working hard enough did i pay attention hard enough um so to to just let the exchange be what it is and mm-hmm. to to take care of myself in sort of um larger brush brush strokes right. initially as it I, were. I, I suppose <clears throat> in, in in alexander jargon we could say that was sort of sticking to principle right yeah and, yeah and, and not and worrying also, not worrying about results or your perception of results yeah. or your idea of what the person is thinking about or are they getting irritated because nothing seems to be happening, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think um, one one of the quotes I was reading recently in the corner of a book about Alexander Technique was Alexander's mentioning something to the effect of when you get the person to a place where they're unlearning they're ready to unlearn rather than to learn mm-hmm. then you then you're sort of both ready to work with something mm-hmm. so i think um you mentioned principles so i think my first principle is actually to to just sort of actually disregard the idea of principle if that makes any sense sure yeah because because that the presence of that person uh next to me in front of me is actually more important than any set of principles. And if I can notice the, the lines in their face and the, the, the response in their eye, 
kind of above and beyond any set principle, then I can move forward. But if I'm kind of thinking, well, should I be doing more inhibition here or more direction or uh, should my hands be soft or, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, 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 that that's that actually gets gets becomes another step for me as, as a, a to 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 undo. Right. So it's like actually, right. let's let me just let me just be here right now. Right. Well, you know, um, I, I identify totally with that um, issue that you bring up, uh, especially when I first started teaching. But I still, I, I still can get into that trap. And for me, mm. it's uh, occasionally I'll have a, a, a new student for, uh, coming for a first lesson who is, I guess, best described as a total blob in terms of any kind of self-awareness or almost any kind of aliveness mentally, you know? Mm. I'm sure you've run into that. Or maybe in Australia they don't exist. (laughs) You know, the pioneer culture and all. But um, and, And it doesn't happen very often. But sometimes I'll have a student and they're just, they're totally unresponsive in a way. And they don't sense anything. They don't. They don't. They they sort of don't really interact very much. And then I I'm kind of frustrated because I don't really know what to do, and I can get into all sorts of weird mental states. But um, is that is that, have have I assume you've run into that kind of thing, right? Um. Well. Yeah, uh, I I am working with a, a wonderful young gentleman who has some uh, cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. and if if someone was to observe our exchange, maybe they would say uh, they would observe something like that. But I learned a lot from him in a way of not deciding for him what he's experiencing, right? And right. and what I what I spoke that, about. Before, I think that's key. What you just said. Well, yeah, I mean, not what I deciding spoke, I, for the student. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I think that is absolutely key. Yeah. Um, what I what I expl- expressed before about the the first principle being to disregard the idea of principle uh, didn't just come to me in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, I approach this work uh, continually from many different angles, and uh, well, look, during, during the past two years, I've probably done about for 400 hours of martial arts practice and I learn I'm continue to learn a lot from that practice is that actually the, the this the quality of contact is only determined by me entering a certain kind of void <laughs> and that might sound like the the, uh, the the opposite of inhibition and direction or being present but it's actually not because um there's this very simple level of connection already present and if I every time I get bogged down with which principle and the set of principles and which direction and and all of that it actually gets in the way of noticing the really obvious and the really obvious is that it's it's an amazing thing that we're both here Right. And we, we, if we're here, that means we're ready to learn. Mm-hmm. And if we're mm-hmm. here, ready to learn, there will be an exchange. And 
hopefully there also be a misunderstanding and it, i don't know what those misunderstandings or those understandings will lead to i really don't know but for me the best thing i can do by myself is just to remain alive and actually become a little bit more alive so that i don't let the situation kill me so you you <laughs> right so you you put a value on the misunderstandings Oh yeah, absolutely. And is that because um, misunderstandings indicate that there is some shift that's going to have to happen in order for there to be an understanding, and that's maybe what the teaching is about at that moment? Yeah, I mean, let me be clear. I don't, I don't seek misunderstanding. Right, but when, but, but when they happen, you embrace them. Uh, yeah, many times I've been in a situation where uh, I've gone, oh, no, gosh, and I have to explain that again. What was that thing? And then I said, no, 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 stop. What what actually happened? What did I actually hear? Mm -hmm. And can I just become a bit of a mirror, just feed that back to the person? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So so that's, a, that's an interesting kind of um, attitude uh, issue that I had not – thought of we, you know mark and i when we had our conversation talked about things like alexander teachers uh sometimes being a bit arrogant and feeling they know things that other people don't know and that sort of thing which you do see in the alexander world but you're bringing up something quite quite different in a way um yeah i mean i'm i'm it's look it's um I suppose there's two ways of looking at life. It can be uh, quite easy and fluid, and it can be difficult and full of challenges. And I suppose the third view is that those things can kind of cuddle each other and kind of coexist together. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and teaching is a great way for me to embrace both of those, uh, both of those uh, feelings, I suppose, both of those uh, uh, sets of uh, perceptions um so i i seem to just keep coming back to the fact that i just really love teaching <laughs> right right uh and and that to me is the principle mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because um we know we we know how how much money there is to be gained in uh, pursuing Alexander technique as as a teacher, and it, it can it can sort of sideline and complement our earnings. So, the money is not why we do it, um, or at least not the only reason. It's certainly and, it's certainly not a major inducement, is it? Um, <laughs> no. So so it it must have something to do with the being interested in learning and teaching yourself as a teacher. Right. Right. Uh, and the, the the thing that you were mentioning with uh, with Mark about uh, the, this perceived kind of uh, hierarchical uh, uh, aspect of it, you know, that Alexander teachers seems to seem to know something that other people don't. Um, look, I mean, I think the the more we become aware of something, uh, the more we drop our mask of how we want to connect with ourselves and connect with. The society, 
the, the more difficult things can get. You know, you get a bit lonelier. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, my favorite, my favorite composer, Arnold Schoenberg, used to talk about, uh, let's get a whole article on how I became unpopular or how I lo- how I learned to lose friends. You know. <laughs> right. Right. And and he's he's referring this to his uh, his inherent nature of wanting to follow his individuality. He followed what he heard, and um, doesn't exactly make you the the richest or most popular person on the block. But you know. Mhm. Mhm. Um. But that 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 um, what Mark and I talked about that sort of um, almost a- attitude of superiority that sometimes you you encounter with Alexander teachers in in their view of the general public mm. um, because they they know things that other people don't know or they're aware of things that are highly visible to everyone else but only they or only us, I guess, um, really observe them properly. Um, that's certainly uh, a, a big issue, I think, in terms of... Yeah, well, I've, 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 I've had a little bit of a lesson recently, is that um, <clears throat> the, the children, my children take, go to piano lessons, and I, um, I've been going to the piano lessons with them, uh, and I noticed uh, the piano teacher moving and sitting and standing, and she was going here and going there and walking about. And I noticed something kind of, kind of interesting, a, a sort of a, a something interesting in her gait, in her mm-hmm. walking. Right. <laughs> and it was, um, and so then uh, last week, my my husband took them, and my son said something. It would be interesting if you had um, sort of carbon graphite fingertips. Uh-huh. Uh, or something to that effect, and then Helen says, "Well, I actually have carbon graphite leg." <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so six, I mean, a few years back, um, uh, this person had the cancer and they had to amputate the leg. Right. So good on you, Master, if we're not deciding for that person what the Alexander technique walk would be like. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, so, and in that, in in our, in the conversation I had with Mark. And we were talking about that topic and uh, sort of superiority topic. And mm. Mark made a point that I hadn't really thought about before a lot, but I've been thinking a lot about it since. And he he said his view was that, yes, we, we do know a, a lot more than most people about a very thin slice of human activity, mm. right? And there are a lot of people who know a lot more than us about other slices or have greater abilities than us in other slices. And and that really got me thinking and looking around at um, people I know who do other things and and realizing that some of them are just doing amazing things that I would have no idea how to do or would not have the stamina or the patience to do. And mm-hmm. it really, you know, every time I see someone in action doing something like that, it kind of is a little lesson in humility for me. And I right. think it has a little bit affected my 
attitude. I think I, I think I overcame the worst the the most obvious worst aspects of that earlier, but I think there was some lingering superiority hanging in there, maybe. Mm. And I, I think I've let go of a lot of that just in just as a result of that comment by Mark. Mm. So, so I, I need to tell him how important that was. Oh, that's 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 a beautiful story. Yeah. Um so do you have any other um attitudes in mind? To talk attitudes about, um to discuss? Well, not, any yeah, any other things to talk about regard, regarding teaching and learning? Yeah. Well, teachers' attitudes um yeah. Um well, there's I suppose there's the there's the aspects around <clears throat> excuse me how a movement how movement training is uh, is perceived and um different different schools of movement training out there and how they uh, they can complement um the Alexander technique mm-hmm. um i'm oh, not sure oh, if this, so that, you all know so, that i think that would yeah. be very interesting so my take on that is a lot of times alexander teachers will will have an attitude that the technique is in a sense better or more more basic than any of the others that kind of thing is that what you're referring well, to it, yeah i mean uh, there's a there's a um a series of books i think that came out in the 70s starting with the inner game of tennis mhm and so then i think there's an inner game of music right and and the gentleman i'm sorry i forgot his name but um, I know who you mean. There's a there's yeah. actually kind of an inner game. There was an inner game of just about everything at one point. Yeah, and there's uh, there's a video that, uh, on on YouTube where he where he's teaching a group of people who actually have been leading pretty sedentary lifestyles how to play tennis. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at the this 20 minute video. I encourage you to watch. It. It's a lot of fun. Uh, just maybe Google inner game of tennis, yeah. and um, I. That took me back to reading Alexander's chapter on the golfer who couldn't keep his eye on the ball. Right. This is in his um, third book, Use of the Self. Yeah. And so so then I realized that what Alexander is talking about in that chapter specifically is the inner game. Mm -hmm. And I wish I had the book in front of me, but uh, teachers and students uh, can go and look it up. It's a short chapter. And there's a point where he's talking about just just let the person make some mistakes. <laughs> let them let them move. Let them move a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let them let them move a little bit, and and then approach it again, and you just have this kind of give and take. Mm-hmm. But but because I think of the language that Alexander was best at using, and I think it's for what he was expressing was an excellent set of. Um, I suppose ethos. Mm-hmm. Um, I, after having watched the inner game and realizing that I'd read inner game of music somewhere around mid early nineties, um, I realized that I was misunderstanding, or perhaps I was tempted to misunderstand what Alexander's talking about, especially in this chapter. It's just he's actually talking about flow, but you need to slow it down to understand your habits mm-hmm. and also sometimes you just need to move to understand your habits in a kind of a more peripheral way 
Uh-huh. You know? right. Yeah. So in, the, a couple of times in, in my teaching, I, I said, okay, well, let's, let's look at the problems that you're mentioning with, with neck pain or back discomfort. Let's just look at it from a really simple perspective. We'll just sit and stand, and I'll just stand here on the side. And I remind them that actors in acting school observe each other move, and there's nothing wrong with this. Right, <laughs> so, I, right. so I said, yeah, okay, yeah, you sit and you stand. I said, well, you seem to be doing that movement really, really well. Obviously, you know how to do that movement really well. So now I'll just put my hands in a couple of bony parts of your back and just notice what you notice. <laughs> and it's been actually really nice to take the pressure off myself and not right, getting there and say, well, you know, there's this thing called the primary control. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and then a few minutes into it, I start by little by little, give him a new experience of how it balancing on top of the spine. And I said, now maybe that's, that, does, that, does that feel really different for where, from where you really usually want to go? And they're like, yeah, actually it does. But their bodies almost, their mind especially, has been kind of primed to go there to be accepting of it and to be safe to go there because, you know, it's been a few minutes and we maybe joke a little bit and laugh a little bit. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then I realized that maybe that's what Alexander wanted the golf teacher to do with the person, to engage their whole self rather rather than to just say, Hey, you got to keep your eyes on the ball. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Forget about everything else. Right. (laughs) Keep your eyes on the ball. And that's what Alexander is being, um, uh, being uh, he's he's criticizing. He's saying, "Well, actually, let's look at the whole thing." And then, as a result of that, the person is able to keep their eyes on the ball if they wish to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I think um, perhaps in in the way that Feldenkrais method is taught, they there's a lot more room for the person to learn through their own mistakes and through their own experience. Mm-hmm. And, yes, absolutely. And, yeah. And it's I think it's a, it's a lot nicer when I've experienced Alexander work like that when I've been allowed this safe space to just mess up a little bit. Hmm. And uh, and so you you maybe well would you agree that a lot of teachers a lot of Alexander teachers are not teaching with quite that approach? Um I don't know because yeah. Yeah, I don't know, actually. I mean, yeah. I think there are certain styles of teaching that don't allow for a lot of that, is, is um, my, my sense. Well, there's probably a certain styles of teaching uh, in physiotherapy or Pilates that don't allow for that sure. either. Yeah. Oh, sure, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I've, I've learned, I suppose, mostly through martial arts practice, especially that the self-image or... or or the experience um, is not really static. So if I if I have experienced that kind of thing in the past with a certain person, um, look, they could have changed, and I could have changed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. can I can I even bring up that past exchange and sort of almost like change it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to 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 yeah to to help myself out to to give myself a little bit more insight and liveliness. Um, so would you would you describe that as um, a kind of a loosening up in terms of your attitudes towards whatever teaching procedure you're using, if you are using a 
teaching procedure like chair work or monkey or whatever that you you're suggesting maybe don't be so hung up on getting it exactly the way you want it all the time um i yeah yeah i suppose uh alexander kept coming back to the idea of process in italics mm-hmm. to me that to me that um translates into the way we, of we doing things mm-hmm. you know means whereby um the way the way we approach the situation mm-hmm. and i think he's very he's very implicit in, in in more than one situation that if if the way you're approaching something is fixed then you become fixed oh that's a good point yeah yeah so and, and I think that goes back to to my martial arts practice and some of the challenges my uh, teachers in that realm have experienced and how they overcome them mm-hmm. and how how they teach me to um, well I could say say it in negative words or I could just say um, well think for yourself <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah. I think I think it could be a good way of uh, approaching social problems as well. We can talk right. a lot about how we should legalize this or or illegalize that or cut that budget or not. But well, what can we do that's positive? Can we just get on with it and think for ourselves and let the teaching situation be what it will be? Mm-hmm. But it won't come out of the person that no one will decide that or be driven to that in the moment of being met by the stimulus unless they've gone to a certain amount of rigor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're so, talking about the teacher. Sure. Yeah. yeah the teacher yeah. the teacher needs to be properly trained. Well, or be trained. Yeah, 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 and and um, and I actually really, really see this clearly enough in my mind today to know that even if someone, a teacher and an undergraduation decides that hey, I'm going to be this kind of teacher, I'm going to be really loose and really free, and yeah, I'm going to just like everyone's just going to love me, right? <laughs> and they decided to approach the game of communication, teaching and learning from that plateau. Mm-hmm. Once they once they're met with the stimulus. Right. The only thing that's gonna come out is what is inherent in their nature. Right. And if they wanna go there to that loose and free kind of hey, let's make 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 some mistakes kind of plateau, which is not exactly what I'm uh saying is right for everyone or right for any uh you know Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if it's um, – I've probably changed my mind in a few years about all of this. Um, but what I'm saying is that um, once we are met with the stimulus at the moment of the teaching and learning, we, we, can't, we can't fake that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, what we have cultivated in ourselves will, will guide us through a set of procedures and principles and the how of it the how we the how of what we do will be guided with the place we are at that moment so this takes a certain amount of honesty and humility to be okay with how much you know and how much you don't know how much you've 
worked on yourself and how much you still are able to work on yourself still. And I suppose it's a it's a continuum. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in, but, in general, teach, teachers who've been teaching a long time and are comfortable teaching are, are probably more likely to veer off in unexpected directions in their teaching than a, than a new teacher. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they have you in a sense have the freedom to do that because you. Well, who can explain it? But it just—that's certainly been my experience. That the longer I teach, the the more different my lessons get, in a way. Mm. Mm. You know, and I do I do things now that I wouldn't could never have imagined doing twenty years ago. Right. Yeah. And so, so is there anything else on this topic that you want to bring up? We're kind of probably getting to a logical end, unless you have some other. Points um, you want to make? No, just regarding that last thing that I said, and yeah. um, it it's definitely a onwards and upwards process, at least for me. Right, right. Yes. So I have, I haven't come to a conclusion about. Well, any I haven't of it. either. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm <laughs> but it, it it certainly <laughs> not yet. I'll let you know. That's the you... only conclusion that I've. I haven't come right. up with a conclusion. <laughs> right. Right. But um, I I don't know what what would you say is the big message in our conversation um, to, to, for teachers to think about to think about being okay with where you're you know where you've landed on the floor in that moment of the the responding to the student and to cultivate a little bit of yourself every day towards more flexibility and stability so um like you said like you've done things in the past 20 years that you wouldn't have thought of doing or you wouldn't have thought would have just come up on their own even Mm -hmm. um that have helped bring more richness and more uh life to how you interact Mm -hmm. i i guess i guess you could say that if you're really um really honestly working on yourself which is I think a good thing for Alexander teachers to do on an ongoing basis that part of you is a student in that situation. Oh, all of me is a student. <laughs> well, all of you, but maybe not all of me, but but I mean the point the point is that you are you are both in a sense teaching and learning stuff yourself and maybe that's a pretty useful thing to to be in touch with when you're when you're working with someone who's officially defined as being a student. Yes, yes. Well, maybe that's where we should end. What do you think? Sounds good. Although I do want to, <laughs> I do want to come back to what Mark said. We're, we we may be really good at a certain slice, uh, a slice of human activity, but yeah. boy, there are plenty of people out there who are way better than us at all kinds of things. And sure. I think if you open your eyes to that. Um, yes. you'll you'll see it everywhere, and that was my big revelation from that conversation. Well, maybe yeah, so, you think this yeah. is a good place to stop. Um, that's that sounds good. All right, uh, so very enjoyable. It's been fun. Yeah, my my guest uh, uh, today has been Mastena Nazarian, 
and Alexander Technique teacher in Melbourne, Australia. I'll put a link to her site by the interview. If you're intrigued by her approach to teaching and you're in the Melbourne area, give her a call. Thank you so much, Ms. Denna. Thank you, Robert.